I'm John Braddock, founder and CEO of My Life and Wishes and author of the best-selling book, Click Here When I Die. I'm on a mission to help 1 million families avoid the massive scavenger hunt for information following the death of a loved one. And this is The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. What's up, purpose-driven entrepreneurs? It's me, your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today, John Braddock. John, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Timmy. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. So, John, this is going to be a bit of a weird question, but it helps with giving context to listeners that are in a situation like I am. These are things that are, these are, things that are what we constantly think about. So just to give our listeners some context, I would love to know what got you to start your company uh, what has been the growth of your company? And then like, how does your business actually work? As in, what do you sell? And what's your primary way of getting customers? Wow. Okay. Great, uh, great question. Let's start with how uh, I started my life and wishes. Um, like so many other entrepreneurs, um, when you see a problem or live through a problem, you feel compelled to find a solution. So, when my father-in-law died seven years ago, unexpectedly, we had never had that experience in our family. And my wife and I had to deal with finalizing all of his affairs, tracking things down, locating things, whether there's a will, whether there's an insurance policy, how to take down all his online accounts, et cetera. That nightmare took us about 10 months of time um, yeah. 900 hours. And I can associate a dollar figure with that if I need to. So very expensive. So we created a solution so that if I prepare properly and I don't make it home tonight, literally at the touch of a button, my family will have everything that they need to know. They won't have to search and dig and spend the time and ultimately, uh, hate me at the end of the day for putting them through that kind of a, a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So, so nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts related, who is it that you are primarily trying to sell this solution to and how, how do you go about getting those customers? Well, my real smart ass answer to that, if I can say that on your show. Yeah. You um, okay. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Anyone that's going to die is my client. So if, if any of you listening don't fall into the category, well, go ahead and tune out right now, right? Um, no, I, I kid. Um, we, we, we do market direct to consumer. We are a cloud-based uh, software as a service platform. Um, however, our primary audience at this time is uh, estate planning attorneys. And the reason is... You know, no one wants to see me come up on their social media and say, hey, guess what? You're going to die. And if you don't do something, you know, ahead of time, you're going to leave a nightmare for your family. Right. Um, but estate planning attorneys and wealth advisors are already having that conversation. It's all about yep. planning for what happens. And so they are our, our market right now. Um, they uh, engage with us, pay us annual subscription for unlimited deployments of our platform for all their clients. So it gives them a, a huge differentiator between their competition. And as far as how we uh, find them and market to them, 
Um, it's interesting because, you know, I'm a little older than you, Timmy. Uh, um, just a, just you, a could, tad. you can probably call me dad. Um, but I'm kind of old school and I haven't yet at this point uh, linked into any uh, outsourced lead gen you know, services and those kind of things. So I really do a lot of digging uh, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I look at the backgrounds and the profiles of the attorneys that I'm targeting. I go to their websites prior to reaching out, which is an extensive process. And I say me, uh, my wife, who's also business partner in the business, she does most of that heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, and then we utilize connection requests and in-mails to engage them. And once they've connected with us, then I do uh, a little different because I don't want people to think they're getting automated emails. So I actually record, you know, 60 second loom videos. So if you just connect with me and you're the attorney, I'm going to go, Hey, Timmy, it's John Braddock. And Hey, obviously this is not automated or generic. It's, it's really me. I just want to say, thanks man for connecting with me. And you'd be amazed at how many people then come back to me and say, Holy crap. You know, usually I get all these things, but I saw you actually took the time to do that. Yeah. And then we engage in a conversation. It's, it's, it's much like, you know, none of us write a thank you note anymore handwritten to somebody, but when you do, it leaves, you know, an amazing impression. Yeah. I'm really curious, aside from the building of tech side of your business, well, so like either, either thinking about that aspect of your business or thinking about the other aspects of your business, like sales and marketing, what are some things or what's something that you've evolved your thinking on since you started the company? Uh, what have I evolved thinking? A couple of things. Um, first of all, when I started the company, you know, we, we had to find developers and had to outsource it, which is uh, nothing that I knew about, but went through the process. But what I've really evolved my thinking on is that um, developers do not think like you and I do oh, at sure. all, because what I think is going to be a really simple process or something uh, becomes this whole elongated process to get something to happen uh, and in. So um, I've had to evolve the way I've thought about uh, dealing with them, speaking with them, and really being sure they have a clear understanding of what I am asking. Uh, on the front end. The other uh, piece is um, I've changed my thinking on who I have do my marketing. Okay. Um, I use so? several, I use several marketing agencies because they told me this was going to work and I believed them and I paid them a lot of money to get very little results. At the end of the day, um, I'm the best marketer I know. It's my story. You're the best marketer, you know, for, you know, your, uh, stories. Yeah. And so don't rely on what other people tell you is going to work. Go with your gut, go with your instinct, go with why you started that business in the first place, get up, think about what your why is and then figure out how you can get that why to other people. Then even if you hire your own marketing people or outsource it, make sure that you're giving them direction, that you're not just taking the feedback from them and saying, oh, okay, they say it's going to work, so it will. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me personally, I feel like I'm constantly teetering back and forth between a essentialist way of thinking as a marketer, meaning like truly bare bones, what is essential for me to market what Dinosaur House does? Well, it's to literally just have one-on-one conversations with the types of people that would make a great customer uh, and talk to them and get to know them. And then at some point, see if there's an opportunity. And so like, that's, I mean, that's really essentialist. And that for me to do that, it's like having a podcast, going to events, going to like, like, like just using my network to meet other people. It's like very low tech and low um, pizzazz. Uh, but then I'm constantly going, well, but I'm trying to build, you know, a company here. Like I need to do all the things that you do. Like I need to do SEO and I need to have a newsletter and et cetera. Yeah. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> so I belong to several marketing, uh, groups and, uh, uh, masterminds. And when I first got in and, and this is how I evolved thinking also. So when I first got in and, you know, you write a fairly big check to get into some of these groups and, you know, I was sitting there thinking like, I'm the dumbest guy in this room, right? There's all these brilliant entrepreneurs, you know, some who have, you know, exited businesses for seven, eight figures, you know, and it's like, man, what can I actually do to help them? Right. Um, and that was, it took me a year or so to get past that because everyone has something to give. And pretty much every entrepreneur I've ever met wants to help others because we've all been there. We've all struggled. So I've really evolved my thinking on, you know, never be afraid to ask because the answer is always no, unless you ask. Right. And, and the other is you do have a lot to give. I mean, um, when, when someone asks other questions or in your networking group, et cetera, um, you know, share what your thoughts are. You know, they they, they aren't dumb. I mean, you, you're, you're a young guy. You can teach me a lot about marketing that I don't know in the digital. So I'm not gonna be afraid to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And you're absolutely right. I recently, I got, I've been hit up a couple of times for like people that want to invest in dinosaur house. So twice for people that want to like put put money into dinosaur house and invest. And then one person who wanted to just in like get equity for mentorship and very quickly, so like I took, I went, walked away from that conversation. It, it was started as a sales conversation. It still is a sales conversation. And if he's listening to this, I hope he understands that I'm not trying to talk bad about him. But, um, but I, I thought deeply about the question of like, is it valuable to give up equity in a company in exchange for mentorship? And I wouldn't say across the board, the answer is no. Um, you know, if, if you, if you have a high amount of trust in somebody and you want to be business partners with that person, and you could envision almost like having a marriage with that person, like then it could be great. Um, but otherwise, uh, every entrepreneur I've ever talked to is happy to give me advice about what I should be doing in my company, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, and, you know, never be afraid to pick a phone up and call them and, or, or send them an email or ping them you know, on the phone, just say, Hey, do you have 10 minutes? I have a thought and I need someone to tell me if it's valid or if I should, you know, shit can it. Right. Yeah. And they're happy to do that. They've, they've yeah. all been through it. So yeah, it, uh, it's the only way to get ahead. I, one of my, my mentors, uh, 
uh, always uses the, uh, the, the term life gives to the giver and takes from the yeah. takers. Yeah. And it's like, you know, live a, live a life of giving and helping and it comes back to you in spades. Yeah. Just thinking about like what advice I would give to you and look, you know, my advice is coming from very limited experience, but just specifically hearing you say that, like, you want to start a podcast, I would start a podcast where the people that you are taught, and this isn't my advice, this is coming directly from one of my best mentors, James Carberry, um, who wrote a book called Content Based Networking. It's the philosophy that I live by when it comes to making content, which is, I want to make content with the people that I want to do business with. And it's not because I'm trying to turn every person I make content with into a customer, because that would be a bait and switch. And I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. But if I'm going to build relationships with somebody, uh, like it should be the people that I want to do business with. And so why not make the whole purpose? Of, and, and, and when you make content with somebody, this is something that James has talked about. And um, it's very true. When you make content with somebody, if you think about like, who are your who are some of your lifelong friends that you have? Chances are, now you're older than me, so this might not be true for you, but it's still true for me. It's true for a lot of people. Um, they're the people that they that they met in college. Like those people that they met in college often become the people that they are just like, they know forever. And, and if it's not, if they're not friends with the people that they meet in school, they're friends with the people that they have worked with. Like if you work closely with somebody, you become friends with them. If you think about it as an adult, like where do most of my friends come from? If you're a Christian, church is a big source. If, if you don't go to church, it's probably all study and work. Like where have you studied stuff and where have you worked? And those are the two places where you make the majority of your friends. And when you create content with somebody, it's, it's the exact same experience. Like you're, you're basically starting the, the possibility of a friendship by making content with somebody. And if you're going to be making friends with people by having a podcast, you ought to be doing it with the people that you want to do business with. So my, my one piece of advice would, to you would be, when you make your podcast, the people that you're interviewing need to be the people that you want to do business with. Because gotcha. what you're going to end up having is a friend group that is full of your ICP. Mm-hmm. Very anyway, cool. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and that's right. Because you see, as we discussed before we started the show, I said, you know, I've got to, you know, start this podcast. And now I know exactly who I can shoulder tap to say, hey, is this a good idea yeah. or a bad idea? Yeah. It's you. Yeah. Hit me up. I'll be happy to help you. Um, yeah. John, th- that's not what we came on here to talk about. Um, so, I started this podcast and it's so funny that this is what, this is literally what your business is about. But I started this podcast because I thought it would be cool to ask purpose-driven entrepreneurs who have been successful, what it is they're really living their life for. And I often ask the question, uh, how would you want to be remembered when you die? When you think about that question, what jumps out to you is important. From... How I want to be remembered when I die is, you know, it's kind of like if all of a sudden I have this grim realization that I'm at a funeral and people are talking and there's people around and all of a sudden it's like I come to the realization that it's me, that's Uh the dead one. Um, You know, I want to be remembered, um, you know, first and foremost as, you know, uh, an amazing husband, fabulous father, um, a great friend. Um, from a business perspective, um, people that worked for me saying, you know, Hey, he was like the greatest person that I ever worked for because he listened to me, he cared. 
did those kinds of things. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of on the, the personal and the, and the business front. I just want to be remembered as a good guy. I don't want to be, you know, remembered as that guy. Oh, God, you couldn't talk to him. He was an asshole and, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, from a business perspective, um, I want to be remembered as, you know, the guy that changed the conversation around death. Um, no one wants to talk about death. You know, I don't know why it's like, you know, it's not like I'm going to be the first. Right. And, uh, so I want to be known as the guy who helped change the conversation, making it easier and having people to understand that by planning a little bit on the front end, that they're really going to change the experience for their family afterwards. And so, as I, I mentioned at the outset, um, I want to help a million families avoid what we went through in our process. Why is the idea of changing the conversation around death so important to you that it's one of the things you want to hang your life on? Because if, if people can't get comfortable talking about it, their own mortality and things, they're going to leave an absolute shitstorm for the family on the back end. You know, um, they're not going to find things. Things are on auto pay, auto draft, recurring subscriptions to your Amazon Prime and your Netflix and your Hulu and your Zoom and all these yeah. things. And every month that goes by, that's money that your family's not going to get. And while they struggle to try and take down your Facebook or your LinkedIn account and do those kind of things. I mean, there was a recent study that indicated that per one email address, it is associated with 130 digital identities. Now, I'm a guy in my late 50s. And obviously, I'm involved in tech. But I have well over 150 things, everything from payment gateways to Zooms yeah. to Skypes to, to everything that pays. And if, if I don't have instructions, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to make it home tonight or not, right? And if I don't, how long is it going to take someone to figure out? And then I'm not going to be remembered as this nice, caring person. I would be more remembered as a self-absorbed son of a gun <laughs> that, uh, that didn't take time to think about what it was going to be like if I wasn't here tomorrow. So yeah. what I ask people is think about what you want the experience to be like for your family after you die. Yeah. And you know, if, if you're one of those that say, I don't care, I'm dead, let them figure it out. Then fine. Good for you. I'm concerned with all the other people who say, you know, that's a good thought. Um, I don't want them to incur all this added expense and time. Um, so, so, and I think the only way to get to that point, Timmy, is for people to change the way they think about it. It's, you know, I'm not going to be the first, we're all going to go. Yeah. So why do you think it's so hard for people to think about it? Like for me personally, when I think about death, I, well, for one, I don't like to think about it. Uh, and two, um, it's so easy for me to just have that mindset of like, well, I'm dead. What, what the heck does it matter? Uh, um, you know, I think a couple of things, when, when I talk to groups of people, you know, I, I usually get two responses from people. I mean, everyone agrees. Yeah, I know I should do all this kind of stuff because you know, it's kind of important. There's a lot of stuff out there. So the one answer I get from people is they say, well, I have time. And I'm right, like, right. you have, you have time. 
I mean, this isn't taxes, you know? Yeah. You yeah. got till April 15th. Right. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna make a home. I don't have that crystal ball. So you may, may not have time. The other one that I just love is I get this a lot. It's like, well, it's bad luck to talk about. Death. Right. Right. And my answer is, look, we talk about sex all the time. That doesn't make us pregnant. So talking about death isn't going to make us dead, right? So, uh, you know, the, the excuses are fairly lame, in my opinion, that, that people give. But I think the reason they don't do it is this. We're all planners by nature. I mean, you plan to go to college and you plan what to take to your dorm and you plan graduation, you plan to get married and you plan to have kids, you plan vacation and all these things. And we do that because it's fun. That's for us. Right. But the one planning we fail to do is to make things easier on family on the back end. And I think for people, it's kind of like, well, that's not for me. So that's not fun. So we're all just it's selfish. For, Thank you. I think in my book, I refer to that as being, you know, uh, self-absorbed, selfish SOB. Um, but, um, but, but that's really what it boils down to. It's like, yeah, sure. Someone can figure it out after I'm gone, but it's going to take them months, if not years, it's going to cost them a lot of money. It's going to cost them a lot of time. Um, and at the end of the day, there's no point in it. It's, it's unavoidable. And so it's the ultimate final gift I can give to my family is to make the process for them of cleaning up after me easier. Yeah. I remember I was listening to your interview on Author Hour and you said that you made notes for your, what, obituary, eulogy? What, what was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I built in one of the first things I built into our platform was a section for uh, uh, eulogy notes and, and obituaries. And the whole concept there was I figured if I wanted someone to say something nice about me, I better write up myself. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, like I say, I, it's like with my book, it, you know, obviously I have a fairly irreverent sense of humor when it comes to, to these things. And, uh, and again, no, you know, I don't like to think about death either. I mean, nobody does, but at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. It's, it's going to happen. I can't avoid also, it. Also, you live differently when you think about death and it's like, I think people that, I mean, this show is called purpose driven entrepreneur. I think people have a more purposeful life when they think about death. I know for me personally, um, there's an exercise that some, some people do. I do it occasionally, but it's where you wake up in the morning and you, envision that you're going to die at the end of the day. And then you just ask yourself, if I knew I was going to die at the end of today, how different would the agenda look than what it currently looks like? And I love that. Do accordingly. It's a memento mori, right? Yeah. Which is, um, you know, kind of that stoic saying for, uh, you know, I could leave this earth right now, you know? And, um, uh, yeah, if 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 you live with uh, the thought, like you say, which I actually like, if I knew I wasn't going to be tomorrow, what would I do today? How would yeah. I live my day? And that you probably that's... cancel a few meetings. 
you and I probably wouldn't have been having the podcast. Or, yeah, or maybe yeah. I would have, because it could have been a really good final statement. Would right? have been an, like, an opportunity. For me personally, I was like, I probably would write almost the entire day. Like I just get everybody that matters to me close and I would just write like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Or, you know, you wouldn't have to because if you pre-planned all this stuff in advance and you already had it done, then you could just like do whatever, man. I'm going to, you know, if it's my last day, I'm going to go get a really big cigar and a bottle of bourbon and just put my feet up with my wife and, yeah, you know, enjoy yeah. it, right? Uh, I have a for fun question for you, John. I'm a kid's book author. I believe that part of leaving a legacy is reaching kids. What's a topic you'd make a kid's book about if you could? Ooh, topic. Well, it wouldn't be death, I don't think. Imagine um, if it was for the other hand, grandkids. Yeah. On the other hand, um, you know, and, and I don't know if these actually exist because I haven't researched children's books, but children do lose parents. Yeah. And they do lose uh, grandparents and, uh, and even worse, you know, siblings. And, you know, maybe a... Uh, a nice illustrated children's book that dealt with, um, you know, that aspect and that things are still going to be okay. And, uh, you know, I'd have to really think that through, but I think maybe that a, a kind of book that would be comforting for a child that's lost yeah, a mother, awesome. father. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I think you know they do exist, but I haven't seen, I haven't seen any that are done well. Um, John, my last for fun question for you is what is something that you currently suck at that a year from now you want to be great at? Oh boy. Let me, let me get the notebook out of all the things. <laughs> um, Creating funnels. Interesting. And, okay. And, you know, um, and, and campaigns that convert. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, is, is, is an area um, that, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not a copywriter, but I'm getting better at it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but really, I think for me, uh, is really having a good understanding of a good funnel flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and how they work. And, you know, I suck at that. I mean, I can do yeah. it, but I suck. Yeah. Yeah, man. We could all get better at that. John, yeah. uh, this has been a super fun interview. Uh, where are you most active on social that listeners could connect with you? Um, they can find me, uh, on Facebook at John Braddock. They can find my life and wishes on Facebook and, uh, LinkedIn, uh, uh, Jonathan Braddock. Yeah. They can grab me there and, uh, in Instagram, so be a podcast. I, yes, it will. And, yeah. we'll, and we'll push it out there, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm always open to connection requests and, uh, your audience, uh, young and purposeful entrepreneurs, um, you know, hit me up on, on LinkedIn, connect with me. Let's have a conversation. I'm happy to help any way I can. Awesome. Cool. John, this has been super fun talking to you. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Timmy.